VCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. And friends, thank you for joining us on Crosstalk here on VCY America. Since the Islamic group Hamas launched its vicious and barbaric attack against Israel on October 7th, more and more uprisings are appearing all over the globe, saying with a greater boldness than ever before that Israel is the problem, that Israel should be destroyed, that Israel has no right to defend itself. While these things were considered to be radical at one time, increasingly they are becoming mainstream. The goal is really a worldwide caliphate. And friends, that includes the United States of America, where only Islam is accepted. All others must be killed. As the Quran teaches and instructs that Jews and Christians are infidels. And in Quran 47.4 it says, So when you meet those who became infidels, so strike the necks. Folks, that's decapitating until you have made a great slaughter among them. Understand, friends, what the goal is here, and it's not confined to just Israel. Israel, of course, being viewed as the little Satan, the United States of America, the great Satan, or the big Satan. Joining us today, we welcome back Shiram Hadian. He is a former Muslim from Iran who came to the States in 1978, committed his life to Jesus Christ, started the Truth and Love Project, his founding pastor of Truth and Love uh, Ministries there as well, and, and um, he exposes the true goal of Islam, the threats of Sharia in America. He has served as a pastor. He's been a police officer, former candidate for governor in Washington State. Shiram, thanks for joining us. Jim, great to be back on the program with you. Thanks for having me. So Fatih Hamad is a Palestinian politician and a political leader of Hamas. And uh, Sharam, he made a declaration uh, December 1st on uh, Al-Aqsa television that Palestinians are preparing to establish an Islamic caliphate with Jerusalem as its capital. We're going to break that down here, but first define for us what is a worldwide caliphate? What does that look like? Well, what it would look like is the fact that, and this is something that Islam has been working on for 1,400 years, is that they want to establish every nation to become Islamic, to become governed by Islamic law. So a caliphate in Islam is both religious and political. This is one of the things that we have a very hard time with understanding as Americans or as Christians, because we understand the separation of the church and the state. We understand that there must be a proper separation, but in Islam there is no separation. The the, the mosque is the state, the state is the mosque. And so uh, the caliphate would be that it's global domination. Every nation must ultimately fall to Islam, be surrendered to Islam, either subjugated or become majority Muslim. So they can do it either way. Either, like, you know, we've seen throughout Islamic history where they've subjugated countries by force, or it's by the majority population becoming Islamic and then being governed under Islamic law. And they want that globally. And I, I, it's important for us to understand this because, well, as you say, globally, this is not just something that's going on in the Middle East. That's the plan for the United States of America as well. Absolutely. That is the very... A mission of the Muslim Brotherhood. When they uh, wrote their own documents back in 1991, the, the the explanatory memorandum, which then subsequently was discovered by, when we had a good FBI, when it was discovered by the FBI in a raid in 2004 on a senior member of the Muslim organization, the Muslim Brotherhood, their own documents said that their goal is to sabotage our miserable house, that's America, and they they want to do that in order to establish uh, Islam, in order to establish uh, jihad, or, or to commit jihad, in order to establish Islam. And they want to do it, it says, by the hands of the believers, that's the Muslims, and the hands of the unbelievers. So they're going to use our own hands to sabotage our own nation so that it becomes Islamic. And as you know, Jim, this is something I've been warning about for uh, going on at least 15 years now, if not longer, uh, where we've been saying this is the plan, and that's what we're seeing now in places like Minneapolis, in New York, 
in Hamtramck, Michigan, in Dearborn, in Maryland, in Texas. That's what we're beginning to see. That's the agenda. Now, let's let's also just as we focus on the Middle East for just a, a, a moment here and, and Israel in particular, the the terminology we keep hearing is Israel's occupation. We keep hearing the occupiers. And this is coming through loud and clear on the university campuses. It's coming through media here in the United States. We're told Israel is the occupier. Tell us why that is not the case. Well, first of all, if anybody has studied um, biblical history, we know that uh, the Jewish people have been in that land, in that region, for close to, if not more than 3,000 years. We also know that there was never a nation called Palestine, nor a people called Palestinians. never existed. Um, we know that that terminology was given as an insult to the Jewish people uh, during the Roman occupation, uh, after the time of Christ, where it was, in, as an insulting term, it was called Palestine because of the enemies of Israel being the Philistines. So uh, if you claim that Israel is an occupier, number one, you have, to, you have to refute history that Jews have been in that region far before, far longer than any Arabs were in that region. Number two, you also have to uh, uh, then change history that supposedly the so-called Palestinians were never ever, were never uh, offered a nation, which is against history as well. If anybody is familiar with um, what was called um, the Peel Commission, right? This is after the League of Nations. This is after uh, Britain takes control of the what was called at that time the Holy Land. We know in 1937 that under the Peel Commission which was out of the United Kingdom, uh, the so-called Palestinians, the Arabs in the region, were offered a state. And, Jim, if you look at images, the state that they were offered in 1937 was two-thirds the size of what the Jews were offered. Hmm. So they were given two-thirds land versus the Jews being given one-third land. They rejected that because they said, no, we want all of it, and we want Jerusalem. Now, Jerusalem at that time was, was remaining under British control. So under the Peel Commission, the British were going to keep control of Jerusalem and then divvy up the land two-thirds again to the Arabs. Well, they rejected that. Well, in 1947, under the United Nations, at this time now we have the United Nations forming, the United Nations partitions a plan that then is now about 50-50. And that plan, the Arabs reject as well, because they wanted the entire land and they wanted Jerusalem. So you can't claim to be occupied when at least in recent history, both in 1937 and 1947, they were offered their own state. They rejected their own state because they don't want the Jews there. That's the real agenda. And in 2005, when Israel pulled out of Gaza, right, they gave them autonomy. They completely handed over Gaza. And who took control? Hamas. So yeah. this is what the people voted for. This is who Two-thirds of Palestinians in Gaza uh, support is Hamas, a jihadist, terrorist, murderous organization. So you, th th this whole occupation uh, rhetoric is propaganda. It is a deception because the Jews are not occupiers. They've given plenty of opportunity for the Arabs in Gaza to have their own state. They don't want it because they don't want it. They want Jerusalem. They want, as you said earlier, the caliphate must include Jerusalem. They want the whole thing, mm -hmm. and they want the Jews wiped off into the sea, from the river to the sea. Palestine will be Arab. I don't know if people know that, by the way. The initial slogan was, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be Arab. And then they changed it to soften it, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Yeah. Because it doesn't sound very good if you just say Arab, because that means we're going to exterminate the Jews. So as we talk about the, the worldwide caliphate aspiration, aspiration here, when we keep hearing this push for a two-state solution, it's true. And based upon what you just said, they only aspire to a one-state solution, and Israel cannot and must not be a part of it. That's exactly right. That's why I, that's what I, I keep telling people that for Islam and for these Arabs that are in Gaza, they're Gazans, they're Arabs, 
there's only a one-state solution, Jim, and that mm-hmm. is why that's their slogan, Palestine will be Arab, because they, when they say Palestine, they're going to the whole land. They're claiming not where the West Bank is or where uh, Gaza is. They're saying that entire land they claim is ours. And, of course, it, by the way, Islam in the Quran, right, Islam has no claim to Jerusalem because Jerusalem is not mentioned one time in the Quran. It's not mentioned one time. It is mentioned over 800 times in the Bible. Mm. So where is their scriptural um, uh, authority to say that that land belongs to us? There is no scriptural authority. It is because they conquered Jerusalem during and before the Crusades, uh, going back to 651. Remember, they built the Al-Aqsa Mosque in 651. So they had already conquered Jerusalem uh, within uh, 20-plus years after Muhammad died, and that's why they claim the land, because it's their caliphate that they're trying to establish, not because of any scriptural uh, directive that is given from uh, the Quran or from Islam. They have no claim to it. That land, we know from the Bible, belongs to the Jewish people. It belongs. And, and, and by the way, God gave promise to give land to the Arabs, did he not? In Deuteronomy, does he not promise to give them land to the east? He gave them plenty of land to the east. And why is it, Jim, that none of the Arab nations want to take the Gazans in? Why is it that Egypt doesn't want to take them in? Jordan doesn't want to take them in? The richest richest nations in the Middle East, all of the uh, Arab nations and the United Arab Emirates and Qatar, and how come they don't want to take them in? How come they don't support 56 nations are, are nations in the United Nations that are part of what's called the OIC, the Organization of Islamic Cooperation? They say 57 because they throw Palestine in. How come the United Nations and those Muslim nations in the United Nations are not calling for the recognition of, of Palestine to be a nation? How come they don't recognize Palestine as a nation state, even though they're lumped into that 57 voting block? So it's very interesting that this, this rhetoric is going on and all these people believe it, and yet it's not based in reality and it's not based even in the a sentiment from the Muslim world towards the Gazans that are in so-called Palestine. And that caliphate is accomplished through jihad, is that correct? Absolutely. Jihad is the main method of establishing the caliphate. Now, jihad can mean various things, because there is jihad um, that is by the mouth, there is jihad that is by the pen, there is jihad that is by the law, but there is also jihad of the sword, and Muslims are commanded. And in fact, in the Quran, Jim, as you know, it says that it is better. You're, you are you are higher in the view of Allah if you uh, fight jihad with your life. But if you can't, then you fight it in other ways with money, with lawfare. Oh, by the way, there's also jihad of having babies. There's a jihad called walada, jihad of the womb, which is Muslims are encouraged part as part of jihad to have lots of children. There's there's jihad in um, uh, in, in migration, the hijra, uh, when they migrate to a non-Muslim country and establish these enclaves. That is part of jihad because. That is a jihad of moving with your migration and moving with your family and establishing these uh, enclaves or what now are referred to as no-go zones in Europe, right? That's, this is all part of jihad. So it's not just, hey, we go strap a bomb to ourselves and blow, blow ourselves up or, uh, or, or behead people. It is all of those things, including fighting with physical violence. And friends, we're going to share even some examples of what is taking place across Europe right now, really what the plan is for the world. It is uh, the goal of Islam, a worldwide caliphate. Back in one minute here on Crosstalk. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, scientist and creation seminar speaker with the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, does evolution enter into the abortion debate? It certainly does, Chris. In fact, evolution has long been used as the justification for abortion. Even today in abortion clinics, young pregnant girls are told about an evolutionary concept called embryonic recapitulation, in which the fetus, as it grows in the mother's womb, remembers its evolutionary ancestry. And at one point, it's just a fish. And it's okay to kill a fish. So you can abort in those months. What's the harm? In such a way, many are deceived into murdering their unborn children. But the fetus is a person. Humans were created in the image of God. The human fetus has just not finished growing yet, but it's human in every sense, both scientifically and biblically. So you see, Chris, even modern societal issues go back to Genesis for more understanding. 
For more information on science from a Christian perspective, visit us on the web at www.icr.org. Listening to Crosstalk on VCY America, we're discussing Islam's goal, worldwide caliphate. Shuram Hadian is with us today, a former Muslim from Iran, and uh, now heads a ministry. And uh, matter of fact, their website is tillministry.com. Stands for Truth and Love. T I L tillministry.com for more information. We're talking about this worldwide caliphate. As a matter of fact, the uh, top dog, is, so to speak, that's a headline even from Jihad Watch. Our nation will sit on the throne of the world. And that is the desire here, to be on the throne of the world. Um, there on, it was uh, Sharam on uh, December 5, 2023, Mohammed I'll probably um, say his name wrong, but Ilhami, an engineer, self-described researcher of Islamic history and culture based in Turkey, member of the Istanbul-based Global Commission on the Prophet Supporters, published a telegram post asserting that humanity has paid a huge price in blood and tears for the disappearance of Islam's power, domination, and the caliphate state. And really talking about how how people do need to give their lives to accomplish this caliphate. And and that is a noble thing in Islam, to die for, for the establishment of this caliphate. It is the highest goal, because... The fundamental aspect of Islam, the reason they believe this caliphate is necessary, again, it's not just political, it's also religious in the sense that they believe that Islam is the final religion. That's why, as you know, Jim, in our ministry, we deal so much with this whole deception of interfaith and multi-faith and and common ground and common word, because Islam very clearly teaches that it is the final religion, that it has abrogated Christianity, it has abrogated Judaism, it has abrogated every other world religion. So they believe this is the best system. And we know again, as I mentioned in the last segment, that the that the Islamic world is very much working with the United Nations. They are the largest voting bloc in the United Nations, the Organization of Islamic Cooperation. So they have power, they have position, they have wealth, and the reason that they want to reestablish is because we know that when the Ottoman Empire fell in ultimately in about 1917-1918, that was the end of that the last caliphate. And in 1928, when the Muslim Brotherhood was started by a, by a Muslim named Hassan al-Banna, the primary purpose of it was to revive, his words were, we must revive the caliphate. It is time to revive. But instead of this, this time doing it as, let's say, an empire like the Ottoman Empire or, or some other empire, this time we need to do it worldwide. This time it must be every Muslim, every commitment around the world. They call it the Ummah. That's the name for the community of Muslims around the world. Every Muslim must be committed to the revival of the caliphate. And that's what the Muslim Brotherhood are all about. Their whole purpose is to establish the caliphate in every nation. It's like a beachhead where if you think about it, they're trying to set up a beachhead. And when they're given the access and the promotion that they're given – like in America, and uh, we're told the Muslim Brotherhood is peaceful, we're told Islam is peaceful. Well, that just continues to uh, give them uh, the ability to, um, to, to keep going with, with setting up their, their worldwide caliphate, uh, one uh, nation, one community at a time. Um, and it's, it's, it's gaining ground, because look at Islam in the last 50 years. Look at uh, the the rise of Islam and the rise of fundamentalism, starting with my birth country of Iran in 1979, then in uh, in Egypt, in in Africa. Look at all the African nations. Mm-hmm. Look at all the nations that were Christian nations like Nigeria and Sudan and Ethiopia. They're now Islamically controlled. Look at, of course. Um, uh, Western Europe now, yeah. uh, and what's going on in Western Europe, which I know we're going to talk about. Yeah, and let's just give a couple examples here. And uh, this from G- Jihad Watch. Uh, for the first time in French history, the second most widely spoken language in that country is dialectical Arabic, an estimated population between three and four million speakers. Amazing. Uh, also in Spain, Spanish police said uh, uh, recently, last Thursday, they had arrested a 44-year-old imam who worked as an Arabic teacher, used his position to radicalize minors and recruit possible Islamic State members, the uh, ISIS uh, members. Uh, and we're seeing this happen uh, throughout Europe, uh, Sharam, whereby 
we we're seeing through through immigration, through, uh, you know, welcoming open arms and bringing migrants in. You're seeing a lot of horrendous crime taking place and people being let off the hook because, well, that that is their background. That is what they are used to. We can't hold them to our standards. It's it's not assimilation. It really is is domination. Um, it is absolutely that. And that's again, this has been so much of the 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 blindness. Jim, I would say, uh, both within the church and outside the church to Islam and to the agenda of Islam. You know, when I when we talk about these things, we're accused of being Islamophobes. We're accused of, you know, hating individual Muslims, which, which of course we do not hate individual Muslims, but to understand what is the agenda, what is the goal, and to understand that they will not assimilate. As I mentioned earlier, hijra is part of jihad. It is a commandment of their God, supposedly, to go into areas and set up separate communities, separate enclaves. They are not commanded to assimilate. So when we bring in mass migration, like Europe, Western Europe has done, and now you see that they continue. Um, uh, there was uh, recently uh, a guy that, that, that works for a, a German uh, spy agency. He's, he's like kind of like uh, one of their top CIA people said that Germany is going to become Islamic. Uh, now, he says by the by the turn of the century, but I think it's going to be much sooner uh, because if you look at France and you look at, like you said, the number one, uh, most children are born now are, are Muslim. The number one name for children <laughs> is Muhammad. Is Muhammad. Um, the birth rate, the so all those things are pointing to the fact that mm-hmm. uh, it is a failure. Immigration, migration, refugees, it is a failure. They will not assimilate. They're going to segregate and set up their own system. You know, I'd like to hear a clip from the Middle East Research Institute who posted it. It's a Muslim cleric, Imam Karim Abu Sayed. He's from Colorado, discussed the events in Gaza at a conference in Chicago, November 25th. I'd like you to uh, let's listen to this clip. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told this ummah every single thing about Bani Israel. He's not telling us to entertain us <laughs> because those will be our opponents until the day of judgment. Ya ikhwa, Palestine, this holy land, al-ard al-muqaddasa, we should call it al-ard al-muqaddasa, the sacred land, the holy land is not a national territorial issue. It's an issue of belief and disbelief. This is a religious issue in the depth of theology. This land, the holy land, belongs to Allah. And Allah decreed that only the believers to live there, the Muslims to live there. Only Muslims must be in control of this land. The only time Muslims are not going to be in control of this land, when they abandon the religion. Then I will have the enemies of Muslims take it over and punish you. And that's what's happening. This is what's happening right now. Somehow at one stage in history, Allah decreed upon the children of Israel to leave Jerusalem and never come back here. Spread in earth. We split them into earth in groups, umama. They, uh, that's why when you see them staying in one place, they stay what? Together, Together. umama. You will find them in one gr- small groups, and they have their own communities and they, their own financial system, own foods. They are smart, very smart. Now some of them ended up where? In Egypt. Some of them ended up in Morocco, some of them ended up in Europe. Of course, some of them ended up in Europe next to Mr. Hitler. <laughs> and you know what happened? We're waiting for the Khilafah. That's the promise that we have. And with the Khilafah, we're going to liberate Palestine and Jerusalem. And we're going to expel these guys out of there. 
Okay, waiting for the caliphate. That's the caliphate. That's what he's saying. We're waiting for the caliphate to take place. And you notice Shram as he talked about the scattered Jews. Some of them ended up in Europe. Some to next to Mr. Hitler. And you get the audience snickers coming from that as well. Yeah, absolutely right. Is that Jim? You can hear in his tone and in the teaching the disdain for the Jews. Mm-hmm. This is consistent with Islam. This is consistent that the Quran refers to them as evol- as devolved humans, as, as those who are like apes and like pigs and like monkeys, because they believe that as part of, part of the punishment that Allah devolved them and, and made them lesser than humans. We see this also in the teachings of the Prophet of Islam that said that the last hour would not come till every uh, Jew would hide behind a stone or a tree, and that every Muslim would be commanded to go find that Jew, go go behind every stone and tree and kill that Jew, or even the fact that they believe that when their Messiah, the so-called Mahdi, uh, the Islamic Messiah, comes upon the earth, that Jesus, the prophet, not the Son of God, not the Jesus of the Bible, the, this is the this is the corrupt, false Jesus of Islam, will come with him. And that this Jesus will then not only break the cross, but he will kill the pigs. He's going to kill the Jews. So you hear the disdain. You hear that he's saying, we will be at war with the Jews until we have victory. So where do we hear coexistence? Where do we hear peace? Where do we hear tolerance? Where do we hear love for, you know, claiming that Islam is loving and does not uh, uh, and is not the most anti-Semitic ideology on the planet. Uh, this is the truth of Islam. You're hearing this cleric, and this is not in the Middle East, by the way. As you said, this is in Colorado, and this cleric is espousing these things mm-hmm. in Colorado, revealing just how virulent and uh, evil Islam is in its teaching. So, friends, uh, and that's why I want you to understand that we're bringing things home to the United States of America as well. In our next segment, I'm going to be playing a couple clips coming from uh, the Council on American uh, Islamic Relations, CARE, people that are in, engaged in the leadership of CARE. But I, I'd like to bring CARE into our conversation, um, Sharam. We're, we're going to hear a couple clips, but first of all, tell us who is CARE, because they've got chapters all over the country. They they are lobbying people to get, you know, get engaged in running for office. They have intense lobbying days at the U.S. Capitol. They also go to the state capitals as well. Who is CARE? So CARE, as you mentioned, the Council on American Islamic Relations, Jim, this is a, a front group. This is a offshoot of the main Muslim Brotherhood organization. The backstory is that in 1987, the Muslim Brotherhood started an organization called IAP, the Islamic Association of Palestine. They were lobbying to support Palestine, which, by the way, IAP then morphed into Hamas. So it was the Muslim Brotherhood that actually started Hamas. And then in 1993, several nations, including the United States, ended up labeling Hamas because of their terroristic actions in uh, the Middle East, they labeled them as a terrorist organization. Well, in response to that, in 1994, the Muslim Brotherhood started CARE in order now to be the uh, replacement or the substitute of Hamas. Since Hamas is now a terrorist organization, they want to fundraise and they want to be politically engaged, so they start CARE. And now CARE touts itself as the largest a uh, civil advocacy group for Muslims in America. They, they, they claim to represent the most number of Muslims in America. And as you said, they're not just doing this spiritually, they're doing it politically. Yeah. And I know we'll talk about more after the break. Friends, you're tuned to Crosstalk on VCY America. We're going to be hearing from CARE's executive director from a message he gave recently, back in a minute here on Crosstalk. Many wonder about the 70 weeks prophecy found in the book of Daniel. While Daniel is praying for Israel, he receives a vision of Israel's future comprised of 70 weeks. But what do these weeks mean? In the book, Daniel's Gap, Paul's Mystery, pastor and Bible prophecy speaker, Dr. Richard Schmitz carefully examines this vision, outlining the dispensational distinctives between the Old Testament, the New Testament, between Israel and the church, and between the law and the gospel of grace. 
He further examines the scriptures and details this pause between the 69th and 70th week of Daniel's prophecy. It is there where God placed this church age into his program. Daniel's Gap, Paul's Mystery, is available for a donation of $17 to VCY America. Call 1-800-729-9829. 1 800 729 9829. Sure, I'm hating our guest here today on Crosstalk. His uh, website, com, standing for truth and love. Till ministry.com. We're talking about Israel's goal, a worldwide caliphate, and uh, and specifically about uh, CARE, the Council on American-Islamic Relations. Their executive director, Nihad Awad, spoke at the American Muslims for Palestinian Convention, who declared that whereas the people of Gaza have a right to self-defense, Israel does not. Let's just hear his clip, and we'll have our guest comment on it. The people of Gaza only decided to break the siege, the walls of the concentration camp on October 7th. And yes, I was happy to see people breaking the siege and throwing down the shackles of their own land and walk free into their lands that they were not allowed to walk in. And yes, the people of Gaza have the right to self-defense, have the right to defend themselves. And yes, Israel as an occupying power does not have that right to self-defense. Gaza became the liberation source, the inspiration for people. Gaza transformed many minds around the world, including people who are not Muslim. What kind of faith these people have? They are thankful. They're not afraid. And Israel did not scare them because they knew that their heaven is in Gaza. And they, if they would like to die, they will go to another heaven. That is the faith of the people of Gaza. And that's why Gaza and the people of Gaza were able to transform everyone who's watching. They have learned from these people. And those who felt bad for Gaza, they don't understand the equation. Those who thought that the Gazans are less than those who can help them, they are mistaken. They are mistaken. The Gazans were the victorious. Okay, so here we have Nihad Awad, who leads that organization, Karen. Again, that uh, audio uh, was a clip on Middle East Research Institute. But Sharam, he praising, praising Hamas for what he calls breaking the siege on October 7th. Keep in mind, this is where Hamas murdered some 1,200 Israelis. He is praising, praising this. Uh, you know, the care has been uh, at the White House on many, many, many occasions. We understand the, the Biden administration now uh, uh, trying to distance themselves from the statement. But here he is praising what Hamas did and also declaring Israel has no right to defend herself. Yeah, can I first comment to the to the White House? Yes. Uh, that you mentioned Jim because I, I don't I, I, I don't trust uh, to me actions speak louder than words. This is the same White House that two weeks after after, after October seventh, instead of talking about the twelve hundred percent rise of anti-Semitism, is came back came and said you know we're going to combat Islamophobia That's because right. the poor Muslims uh, that are that are. Uh, being persecuted somehow. So this is the same White House that you said that has been infiltrated, not under, not just under Biden, but even under Trump, even under Obama, even uh, under Clinton and, and Bush. This is the same White House that has continued to allow and call the Justice Department to welcome care in order to train the FBI, in order to train Homeland Security, in order to train them on um, how not to offend Muslims when they're doing supposedly counterterrorism. So I just want to give that backstory to folks to understand that this organization has tremendous political power, and yet here he is, Nawadawad, who, by the way, in 2015, at another conference uh, uh, said uh, that 
Black Lives Matter is our matter, their campaign is our campaign. So they've been working for years to make this connection between all these leftists and Antifa and Black Lives Matter and get them on their cause. Here he now says that they went in and they reclaimed their land. Well, there goes back to our initial conversation, isn't it? That this is about the caliphate. Mm -hmm. This is about reclaiming. There is no, you can't claim they're occupiers, Nihad. You can't claim that Israel is occupiers when you're saying that the Gazans went in. And notice he doesn't call them Palestinians. He keeps calling them Gazans when they went in, Jim, and they simply took back their land and threw off the shackles. That's what you call beheading babies. That's what you call murdering and, and, and raping women. That's what you call murdering 1,200 people is liberation. Wow. And yet, how come this guy and this organization is still able to have carte blanche access with the FBI? But we, our ministry is labeled as a hate group. And, you know, we're investigated uh, for exposing a group like CARE. Mm -hmm. It is unbelievable how upside down we are in this country. And this statement is absolutely dangerous because what is he saying? He's saying murdering Jews is acceptable. Notice he didn't give any limits, right? Notice he didn't give any limits to where the liberation can happen because it's the liberation of Muslims. It's the liberation of the Gazans. So murdering Jews, and by the way, anybody that supports the Jews, like us, quote-unquote, Zionists, is acceptable now. And we have no right of self-defense. If Israel does not have a right of self-defense, then, 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 then does America have a right of self-defense? If, if we are a pro-Israel nation and we support Israel as a nation, do we have a right of self-defense? Or are we equally justified uh, uh, to be attacked and, and murdered and have our women and children uh, you know, raped and beheaded and and, and God, you know, all the other awful, awful things that happen. Yeah. Lord yeah. knows. Well, that that sentiment is spreading as well. I'm going to play one more clip. This is the uh, CARE LA director in Oklahoma City, uh, Hussam Eilash, who also indicated Palestinians have the right to defend themselves. Israel does not. He had some other things to say here as well. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told this ummah every single thing about Bani Israel. He's not telling us to entertain us. <laughs> Because those will be our opponents until the day of judgment. Ya ikhwa, Palestine, this holy land, al-ard al-muqaddasa, we should call it al-ard al-muqaddasa, the sacred land, the holy land, is not a national territorial issue. It's an issue of belief and disbelief. This is a religious issue in the depth of theology. You know, this is the same clip that we had here just a bit ago. Let's catch this one. For 75 years, every single day for the Palestinian people had been October 7th. People are getting their news from social media. From whom? From on-the-ground photojournalists. Most people now trust that news way more than they will trust it from CNN or Fox News because it's coming live, uh, you know, unchecked. You know, there's no one, and it's not one source. You know, 10, 20 telling us the same story with evidence. You can't fake the image of, of dead children. You can't fake the image of dying parents. You can't fake the image of burying, uh, you know, people crying. Yeah, you can, you can fake one or two if you want to be, uh, the, you know, the Israeli government, etc., as they do once in a while, right? <laughs> Where do you get your news from outside of, you know, photojournalists? Where would you recommend to get news about what is happening there? Al Jazeera. Uh, you might not agree with everything with Al Jazeera, but certainly Al Jazeera is the most credible, most comprehensive uh, of, of outlets providing material on what is happening there, English or Arabic, if you read Arabic. Israel does not have the right to defend itself as an occupier, to defend itself from the occupied. No, it doesn't. This is not a rhetorical thing. It doesn't. Legal, under international law, you don't. No occupier has the right to defend itself from the occupied. Imagine if we tell Nazi Germany, you have the right to defend yourself against French resistance or Polish resistance or Jewish resistance in the Warsaw ghetto. That's a, people would laugh at you if you say that. Imagine if we say Russia has the right to defend itself against Ukrainian resistance. You don't. As long as you are an occupier, you do not have the right to resist or to, 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 to defend yourself. Guess who has the right to defend themselves? 
the Palestinians. Circular reasoning there, Sharam. Uh, very much so, Jim, right? Isn't that amazing, the mm-hmm. reasoning that he's, he's in one sense, uh, using the argument of, of, of the Nazis, and yet, by the way, the Muslim Brotherhood that CARE was founded by, remember, worked with the Nazis. Let's not forget that. Let's not forget that the Muslim Brotherhood and uh, Hassan al-Banna was an ardent admirer of Adolf Hitler. Uh, then you have Haj Amin al-Husseini, who was the Grand Mufti in Jerusalem at the time, working with the Nazis. So that argument doesn't fly because uh, Hamas is like the Nazis. Uh, the CARE is Hamas in America. But then the fact that they keep, it's almost like they all have the same talking points. Isn't that amazing? That, that, that for, for verbatim, claiming this notion that as long as we keep claiming that Israel is an occupier, and yet the babies in Gaza would not have needed to die had the, uh, uh, the Islamic jihadist group Hamas not killed the babies in Israel, right? Mm-hmm. So, so therefore, uh, what about that reasoning? Well, if you hadn't started this, you started this because Israel gave you autonomy. Israel gave you a land, allowed you in 2005 to elect your own government. But you see, most people are now so much in sound bites. They do not know history, Jim. They do not look back and understand the history, understand the opportunities that the so-called Palestinians had at being able to establish statehood. They were given opportunities for statehood. They were given opportunities to control their own destiny. And as I said, they elect Hamas and three quarters of Gaza supports Hamas. So this is not just talking point. You see, I wish this was just rhetoric. What concerns me is that this is going to open the door for further jihadist attacks, not just in Israel, as they're already calling for worse and greater uh, attacks, but this is going to open the door for attacks here in America, because now, if you're not just Jewish, where um, we had the, um, I, I was sharing with you earlier, the, uh, where is that story that I had about the shooting of the synagogue in New York? Yeah, where, Albany, sure enough, uh, Albany Synagogue. In Albany, remember? And, right. and initially when the story came out, there was no mention of who it was. And I right. came out immediately and I said, there's no doubt that was a Muslim. And now we find out, yep, it was, it was a Muslim from Iraq who shot at that, you know, so that's going to happen, but they're also going to target Christians who are quote-unquote Zionists because we now support Israel. That's what I'm concerned about with this type of uh, unified messaging coming from the Muslim Brotherhood and CARE. This isn't Joe Blow Muslim. This is the most well-organized Islamic movement on the planet, and CARE is one of their front groups and the most powerful front group here in America. Let's understand the gravity of what they're saying and what the floodgates are being opened to now for further attack. And friends, look what's and by the way, that uh, synagogue area, dozens of preschoolers were inside at the time. Where's the national outcry in it? Sharam, one other aspect here before the break, and then we'll open up some phone lines. Uh, we are also seeing menorah lightings canceling, being canceled all over the world. Uh, as as uh, the first time in Moncton, Canada, they decided not to have the menorah display. Williamsburg, Virginia, second Sunday art and music festival. Uh, they canceled their menorah lighting. Uh, just examples of towns around the world canceling this, uh, removing Hanukkah decorations from their holiday displays out of concerns that local governments might appear to be siding with Israel in all of this. And that is part of this worldwide caliphate as well. Absolutely. Part of the caliphate is to create the fear of Islam. This is why when we say, you know, what, you know, the term Islamophobe, claiming that you have an irrational fear, well, guess what all these people have? That's what this is, Jim, what you just described. In order to cancel Christmas or cancel menorah, we saw uh, pro, pro-Hamas groups um, um, shouting down Christmas celebrations as well. What they're doing is creating the fear. So it's not an irrational fear. It's actually the fear that they want of Islam in order to capitulate to the global caliphate of Islam. Got to take a break, friends. Our phone lines are open 1-800-733-9829. 1-800-733-9829. Back in a minute here on Crosstalk. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. Right after the Obamas, Michelle and Barack Obama, produced a movie about a cyber attack on America, guess what happened? The Washington Post reports that China is attacking on the critical infrastructure of America. 
The timing is indeed interesting. But reality is, apparently the globalists like to tell us in advance what it is they're going to do. I believe this is for a few reasons. One is to show their power to people, to rub it in our face, if you will. But I think there's even a more sinister one, and that is the power that they think comes from telling things in advance, the power of the mind, the mind over matter, shamanism, occultism, the power of the mind to create. They think themselves God, and now they want to have a harmonic convergence that uses these negative thoughts, they think, to bring down America. It's pure occultism. Sharam Hedin is our guest today. Islam's goal, worldwide caliphate, our topic today here on Crosstalk. And our phone lines are open, but also packed out at this time. We're going right to the phone lines. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's go to Julie in Pensacola. Hi, Julie. You're on the air. Hi. Thank you. I have a question about the Muslim faith. Uh, Any time that I'm, you know, walking around town here in Pensacola and I see a lady wearing a scarf around her head, is that an indication that she is Muslim? She's an enemy of of this nation, or I, I know, I'm not quite understanding everything. Okay. I'd and, like some discretion. Okay, uh, go ahead, uh, Sharam. And you talked about not you know individual people being the enemy. It's the religion that that is certainly there for the caliphate. But we have people that need to know the Savior. Yeah, amen to that. That's exactly right, is that the individual Muslims need to know the Savior. And so I, I want to encourage people, when you see a Muslim, so yes, if you see someone that is wearing the headscarf, which is called the hijab, that is an indication that they are a devout follower of Islam. Otherwise, they wouldn't be wearing that. They're wearing that in, in accordance to Islamic teaching and what the requirements are. And and But I, I again, I want to caution, because if we look at an individual and immediately... Uh, we see them as an enemy. We're never going to reach them with Christ. So we got to not make sure that we don't. And yes, maybe that individual does have aspirations. Maybe that individual does have hatred in their hearts for Jews or Christians or America. But um, uh, you know, let's pray for them. Let let you know in that moment. Stop and just pray for them. I, not I'm not even saying like in person, but just ask the Holy Spirit. Help me to to know how to pray for this individual because they need Christ. They need to come out of that darkness that is Islam and come into the light of Christianity. But yes, unfortunately, it does mean they're devout, and by being devout, they are for the caliphate. They are for bringing down America. That's the reality of where they're at. Thank you, Julie. Richard in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin, you're on the air. Yes, thank you for taking my call. Mm -hmm. I wanted to take and just remind people, when Barack Obama was running for office, my wife and I heard him on TV say, he wanted to make this the largest Muslim nation in the world. Now that he's been behind the scenes and years have gone by, we see the borders are open and people are flooding in. We see other instances where these people are coming into our country. Uh, I think his plan is working, but at the same time, we have an opportunity these people may not want to assimilate into our country, but we have the chance to present the gospel mm-hmm. to a lot of these individuals that may not have heard it otherwise. Thank you for the call. Uh, we have uh, Marie, I'm sorry, make that Merle in Tennessee. You're on the air. Thanks, Jim. Yeah, I'm just wondering what role the White House is playing in help build, building this caliphate leaving behind $85 billion in military equipment in Afghanistan, and now we're sending millions every two weeks to Afghanistan. Hmm. $80 billion was sent to Iran. I just have to wonder, where does treason come in uh, into play here with uh, Obama running the White House? Thank you. Thank you for the call. Uh, uh, your thoughts on this, Sharam? I think that's a great question, uh, because uh, in any other generation, we would categorize that as treason, wouldn't we? That when we know that uh, the white, and again, we got to be fair, it is not just under Biden, or as, as, as the caller is saying astutely, Obama really running the White House. It has really been under no, a, a number of administrations, including under Clinton, and of course, when Bush declared Islam to be a religion of peace after 9-11. So this has been ongoing for decades. And um, the problem is we're aiding and abetting. You're aiding and abetting your own enemy. That's the reality. There's no difference between Islam and 
the idea of communism destroying America. In fact, they work together. It's called the red and green access. So we need to view it as treason. We need to view it as aiding and abetting the enemy. Um, whether we have the political will for that or not anymore, I don't know. But that's what it should be. And the caller is absolutely right. And um, this is why we continue to advocate and, and push for uh, exposing Islam, exposing their agenda, exposing what their political and religious agenda is. That's the only way we're going to be able to come out of this, if there's a chance, is to know our enemies and know what the enemy's agenda is for uh, freedom in our nation. Let's get to Scott in Clarksburg, West Virginia. Scott, you're on the air. Yeah, the the Muslims have moral cohesion. Uh, like they're all united and and uh, are driven by Allah, family, and caliphate. Whereas Christians think they can coexist and compromise with uh, where in a world in a fallen world where balance and and dom- dominance is inevitable. You know, people are seeking dominion, and uh, and so uh, like. Let, let, let me have him comment on this issue. I appreciate you raising it because, uh, Sharam, we do have Muslims who r- bring out vengeance against other Muslims. There are those who who are you know of, of pushing for the caliphate. There are those that are, are 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 that do not you know take the writings of the Quran seriously. Uh, that uh, don't quite fit into their picture. But uh, your your comment here to to our caller. Well, you're making a very good point. Because there is a, there is a now I would argue it's a small percentage, but there is a small percentage of those who are not observant and therefore are not um, uh, that don't fit in with the scheme. But but unfortunately, within the Quran, they are referred to as hypocrites, and hypocrites can be deemed as unbelievers and killed mm-hmm. or attacked. That's why you see Muslim among Muslim on Muslim violence, because oftentimes. It is because of those who claim to be reformers, we can reform Islam, or there's some sort of peaceful version of Islam, uh, they're equally attacked, because that is a threat to the Islamic agenda. But to his point, um, uh, you know, as far as kind of, you know, where we're at, um, and, and, and what's been allowed, um, yeah, I mean, uh, th- we don't have moral co- cohesion, do we, in Christianity? Mm-hmm. And Islam as a, as a whole, that's why in your speech, that, not in your speech, the, the clip you played from Care, mm-hmm. you, you heard that he called them the Ummah. That's the terminology of the, of the Muslim community. They must work for the caliphate. So they have agreement on that. Well, Christians don't have agreement on that, because we have Christians who believe in kingdom now theology, where they think we should be ruling and reigning now, which is the opposite, I believe, of what the Bible is teaching us, that the world is becoming darker and darker. So we don't have cohesion. We don't understand our role. We don't understand the, the importance of, of, of advocating for godly government and all those things. And so, therefore, we just we stay out of it, and, and now look what happens. Yeah, look indeed. at what takes over. Oh, my. Much more to be said, but we've run out of time. Sharam Hadi and our guest, Sharam, thanks for being with us today. Thank you, Jim. And, folks, the website, tillministry.com, T-I-L-Ministry.com. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from BCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from CrosstalkAmerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.